0: Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode number 42 about the book Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Keep listening to find out more about the man, the mystery and the mistakes and why you don't have to be perfect to be great. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back and welcome if you are a new listener. My name is Steph and every week I bring you a book that I've been reading and the three big ideas I've taken from it. I found that I was being asked more and more about the books I'd read, but I found it really hard to remember sometimes which key points were in which book, particularly when you've read quite a few and on similar topics. So I started the podcast as a way of distilling and remembering basically the three big ideas that I took from each of those books and now I get to share them, which is very exciting. Now it's Monday morning here in Melbourne when I'm recording this. I've got a big cup of matcha tea next to me as usual and I have got a bit of a cold or some allergies going on so I'm trying to do this without breathing through my nose due to an inability suddenly to breathe through my nose. So if I'm sounding slightly weird and nasally compared to normal then that would be why. Don't worry, it is still me. You will still get the same three big ideas you do every other week. Now this book about Steve Jobs, where do I even start? I read it last year and it was fascinating it was so hard to put down and i often do find that with biographies and autobiographies but this one was nuts there is so much in there and his life was just fascinating and complex and multi-layered and yeah it's very hard to know where to start and when i was thinking about the three big ideas and i sometimes find it harder with biographies and autobiographies around the the big ideas because it's much more interpretation of what you took from that biography or autobiography maybe sometimes at that time that you're reading it compared to other non-fiction books where it's quite clear usually the one two or three big ideas that they're trying to put across particularly when they're trying to put a particular idea or uh, a concept or model across that they have developed it reminded me a lot of the Elon Musk biography which I read earlier last year as well and have talked about in a previous episode if you like this one then I definitely recommend listening to the Elon Musk episode I'll put a link to that in the show notes and there are quite a few similarities, but also some quite big differences, and I don't think you can necessarily compare them too much to each other, but there are some definite overlaps in the way they think and the way they approach problems. As usual, if you've read the book that I've been talking about, then I'd love to hear what you thought. Am I completely wrong? Did you take away two, three completely different ideas? Let me know. You can contact me on Instagram or on LinkedIn. Details are in the show notes. And speaking about Instagram, I've been sharing more about the books I've been reading as I'm going which aren't necessarily ones that have been on the podcast yet but are going to be in future episodes. So if you're interested in seeing, following along in my reading journey, what I'm reading each week, then give me a little follow. And again, you can comment and share ideas around the books you're reading too. As usual, before we get into the book and the three big ideas I took from it, a little bit about the author. Walter Isaacson, University Professor of History at Tulane, has been CEO of the Aspen Institute, chairman of CNN, and editor of Time magazine. He is the author of Leonardo da Vinci, The Innovators, Steve Jobs, Einstein, His Life and Universe, Benjamin Franklin, An American Life, and Kissinger, a biography, and the co-author of The Wise Men, Six Friends and the World They Made. That information, short as it was, was taken from the Simon & Schuster website, link in the show notes really keen to read the Benjamin Franklin biography that uh, Walter Isaacson wrote as well it's meant to be very interesting and very long so that might be a Christmas read but again a fascinating life apparently from what I've read so far a little bit about the book based on more than 40 interviews with jobs conducted over two years as well as interviews with more than 100 family members friends adversaries and there was a few of those competitors, there's definitely a few of those, and colleagues, Walter Isaacson has written a riveting story of the roller coaster life and searingly intense personality of a creative entrepreneur whose passion for perfection and ferocious drive revolutionized six industries, personal computers, animated movies, music, phones, tablet computing, and digital publishing. Jobs stands as the ultimate icon of inventiveness, It's hard to say, and applied imagination. He knew that the best way to create value in the 21st century was to connect creativity with technology. He built a company where leaps of the imagination were combined with remarkable feats of engineering. Although Jobs cooperated with this book, and this is quite interesting, he asked for no control over what was written, not even the right to read it before it was published. He put nothing off limits. He encouraged people that he knew to speak honestly, and Jobs speaks candidly, sometimes brutally, so, about the people he worked with and competed against. His friends, foes, and colleagues provide an unvarnished view of the passions, perfectionism, obsessions, artistry, devilry, and compulsion for control that shaped Jobs' approach to business and the innovative products that resulted. Again, Simon & Schuster website, link in the show notes. Like I said, finding where to start or deciding where to start when coming up with the three big ideas of this book when I was going through, back through it for, the, for this episode, was very difficult and this episode is in no way, and it never is going to cover the complexity and the color and the just sheer volume of what Steve Jobs did in his life. Everything from his upbringing, his early life, who he was friends with, how he studied, what he went to school, what he did when he left school, obviously starting Apple, getting sacked by Apple, his own company, going back to Apple, doing all the things he did, the Pixar piece, the competition with Microsoft, lawsuits, children, abandonment, family, all the rest, there is so much in this book so like I said this episode is definitely not going to be going into all of that but really is distilling the three ideas that I took or that can be taken from this incredible life. Big idea number one then, you don't have to be perfect to be great. It's safe to say that Jobs was a complex and somewhat tortured character. His first proper girlfriend described him as an enlightened being who was cruel and that was and how strange a combination that was. This big idea certainly isn't to excuse how he went about certain things, how he treated people, but it does show you that you don't actually have to have all your stuff together to create something quite amazing. And the reason this big idea jumped out is because I know a lot of people who are trying to create amazing things or create awesome businesses who are also trying to be perfect or be great in all assets of their life and whilst i'm certainly not saying that is a bad thing or something not to do it was very interesting just seeing how almost compartmentalized steve jobs was that the other stuff a lot of that being more personal things to a large extent and for a large part of his life didn't really matter as much as creating something perfect and beautiful and brilliant and doing something interesting and brilliant and creative Now, he did find other people in his life, particularly Steve Wozniak, John Ive, and John Lasseter, who not necessarily softened him, but could certainly take the edge off. And they were good at doing the things that he wasn't good at. And in some cases, they could actually bring him down a bit of a level, or take, like I said, a little bit of the edge off. And particularly people like John Lasseter at Pixar, who operated and led in a very different way. And there was comments in the book about when Steve would go to Pixar and meet with John and the team there, it would be a different environment and it wouldn't rile him as much as it things did at Apple. So that was big idea number one. You don't have to be perfect to be great. Big idea number two, and I really like this one, which is get inspired. Throughout his life, Steve was a constant inventor and an experimenter. He was constantly looking for new ideas, new links, new creative outputs and some creative inputs too, to look for clarity and escape and inspiration. He got this at a young age by some of the tinkering that he did with things around his parents' house and garage, through to later in life when he and Steve Wozniak would come together and and create games and create new electronics, the travel that he did in particular to India, through to even the the crazy diets that he took part in. for a number of years. Only ate raw fruit and vegetables and just ate fruit for a period of time just to see almost what it did. There was also some experimental drug use, particularly LSD at university, which again, he put down to a lot of his sources of enlightenment was due to those that period of time. But not just that, but through his actual education too, there's a famous story about how at Reed, he dropped out of classes he was meant to take because he was just put out that they forced him to take classes. In fact when Steve Wozniak came to visit Jobs at university Jobs waved his agenda or his class agenda at, at Woz and said oh can you believe they're making me take all these classes look at what they're trying to make me do and Woz pointed out that's that's kind of the point of university or college that's that's generally how it works. So instead he he actually was more upset that he was paying for going to go to these classes that he didn't want to go to so he's somehow using the way that he only he could convince the university to let him stop paying his tuition fees but still stay on campus and go and audit classes that he was interested in. So this gave him the free reign to go and take whichever class he wanted and one of the early classes he went to to audit was the calligraphy class. This famously later inspired the fonts that were available on Macs, which was very different and revolutionary for that period of time. And then later on Windows computers, because as Steve says, Windows just copied whatever Mac did or whatever Apple did. He also saw links and used that with Pixar in the work he did there later on in his career. And he had a huge love of music and quite a diverse musical taste. In particular, he really enjoyed classical music and listened to a lot of Bach when he was growing up, but he loved Bob Dylan. And again, this provided huge inspiration into the work he did and the creativity and the beauty and the perfection later on as he was creating his Apple products. So that was big idea number two, get inspired big idea number three is think different yes obviously to steal a little bit of an apple tagline there i felt that it was quite fitting or aka the reality distortion field now whether this was due to ego vision delusion who knows maybe it was the drugs but steve saw things and saw possibilities that nobody else could for example steve was doing some work with atari early on in his career and the ceo had the idea for a one player version of pong you remember pong kind of ping pong game with two players and they'd have little bats and a little ball would go boop 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 between them anyway that one anyway they wanted to make a one player version so it needed to completely re-engineering they knew that steve wasn't the best engineer but they knew he could make it happen and they knew he was friends with what steve wozniak who could make it happen so that's exactly what steve did he bought in was to re-engineer pong into a one player version And they did that in four nights even though others thought this would take months of engineers to do many people have said that they they did things that they didn't believe they could do just because steve had this way of making it sound so normal and possible that this could just be done and that they could do it and he would put incredible faith in people to do those things that he believed that they could do He also saw things that others didn't from a new way to do music through from and that's not just from the delivery of it through things like iTunes and the iPod, but even the licensing and the whole legal system and structure around how music was distributed and who owned the rights and who got the royalties. Everything had to be rethought when the Apple iPod came along through to personal computing and what that meant and have everyone having a computer in their home. And he believed that people didn't know what they wanted until you showed them. And he was going to be the one who showed them he also saw details and had that level and that eye for perfection and design that again many other people didn't or didn't see to the same extent and would live with a lot more than he could in terms of imperfection the design was key there was no buttons even the inside of apple machines is perfect and beautiful even though we can't often see that because we're not allowed inside an apple machine The design of the stores, the design of the Apple headquarters in California is perfectly designed to flow. It was designed in the shape so that people would naturally bump into each other because he saw that that's when the best ideas came about, is when people would work together seamlessly in flow and would just, ideas would bump together. Now, sometimes this reality distortion field was not used, shall we say, for good and other people could describe it and did describe it as it could be semi-manipulative and he would often in- encourage somehow people to do things that were maybe against their best interests, not necessarily in a dangerous way but in a, in a slightly selfish way should we say, that meant that Steve got his way there was a few people that noted that he actually whilst he started off without some of these skills, there were people that he hung around with and saw as role models as he was in his formative teenage and early 20s where he learnt these skills from them Even so, the vision that he had and the ability he had to think different was clearly always within him, whether or not he always knew how to apply the reality distortion field or not. For me, when I was reading the book, and in particular on this section, it was just this amazing thought experiment, I suppose, for myself, and thinking, how would you learn that skill? Can that skill even be learned? Not necessarily, again, the reality distortion, but particularly in terms of that ability to see the links and have that kind of vision for the future that other people can buy into. It's a fascinating idea, isn't it, to think about, if is that learnt behaviour or is that innate within us? One of the similarities I saw between the Elon Musk biography, or certainly Elon Musk generally, not just the biography, and the Steve Jobs story was that ability to encourage him in some way, you know, be it through force or through just pure vision, encourage people to do things that they never thought they could do and achieve things they never thought they could achieve. And there was people in both the Steve Jobs and the Elon Musk biographies who, when they spoke about working for Musk or for Jobs, who said they've never worked with someone so difficult and sometimes terrible to work with. But they were also enormously grateful to have the opportunity to work with someone like that and work on such big projects and such big visions most people wouldn't never get in their lifetime. So that was big idea number three, think different, aka the reality distortion field. So to recap, the three big ideas I took from the book Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson are this. Number one, you don't have to be perfect to be great. Number two, get inspired. And number three, think different. Like I said, really enjoyed this book. And this episode, like I said, was in no way a summary of everything that happened in in Jobs' life. You can read the book for that. But more the three big ideas that that jumped out to me and three lessons that we can be taking from Steve's life and the way he worked and lived. Like I said I really liked the focus on experimentation on learning and particularly learning across discipline again another correlation between Musk and Jobs as they're both lifelong learners and trying to encourage ourselves to think different. As you have probably gathered really enjoyed the book so definitely recommend it if you're looking for a good biography to read this would definitely be one of them or certainly up there. And I particularly like that it is no holds barred and people do speak seemingly quite honestly and and Walter Isaacson obviously did a good job in pulling people in and the right people in to share some of those stories to give a really good full view of the man himself. If you've read the book, I'd love to know what your three big ideas were, what you took away from the book, what lessons that you have been inspired by, maybe applied to your own life. Contact details as usual are in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to listen out on Wednesday when I'll be sharing the team building question inspired by this book for you to use with your team at your next meeting, conversation, lunch break or leadership retreat. But otherwise, in the meantime, happy reading.